right, hey, good morning. Good to see you today. You look good today. Come on, you look good. Welcome to church. I look good. I'm going to clap for that. Uh, <laughs> hey, my name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you that do not know me, thank you for coming to church today. I want to thank everybody who is watching us online, Facebook Live. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, and whoever's going to watch us throughout the world on our website, passionlifechurch.com, uh, thank you for staying connected to this house. All right. We are in a series called Planted. I want to make one quick plug for Ignite Night. You need to come, okay? You need to put it on your calendar. It is a community event. Uh, we don't get to uh, worship um, with each other under one roof. Um, and it's a midweek. Some of you, man, that midweek slog. Man, this is the time to come. It's going to be an awesome service. We've got some video testimonies, and, and, and it's just going to be an awesome time to worship God. And, um, you know, we're going to have some finger foods too, okay? So another reason to come, all right? Um, so October 10th, please come. All right, we are in a series called, what? Planted. We're in a series called Planted, and the idea is that we are planted and not buried, right? We're planted and not buried, even though they can feel similar, right? They can feel similar. And, and, and uh, the purpose of when we bury something is that uh, we bury something that is dead or something that we want to hide, right? And, and maybe you feel that way today. Maybe you feel like you've, you've hit a dead end in your life or, or dead end spiritually or or you're just kind of stuck and you feel like maybe God has, has forgotten about you. Listen, I got good news for you today. We serve a God that raises dead things, come on, and a God that we cannot hide from. He sees us right where we're at. And so the idea that, that understanding that we're planted is just a perspective change. You have been planted. You're here today. You're watching online. You've been planted. And when God plants you, He always plants you with purpose. You've been planted with purpose. God's got a purpose and a plan for your life. There's always a breakthrough coming. We watch that, that little plant breaking through, right? Man, when God plants you, a breakthrough is coming. Just like that song today. I wish we sang that song every week. It gets me fired up. A breakthrough is coming, right? Breakthroughs are coming, but sometimes it takes time. And, and we've been talking about that uh, over the last several weeks. Let me recap before we get into part four today. Part one was planted in hope. We needed to get our hope back, Right? Many times the enemy is not attacking our faith. He's actually attacking our hope. In the two specific areas that we talked about Satan attacking, he's attacking our confidence and he's attacking our patience. Because when those two things are waning, when those two things are under attack, we go outside of the will of God and we make a mess of things. Okay, so part one, we had to get our hope back. Part two, planted in faith, right? Faith isn't just something, it is the thing, right? We can't please God without faith. And we talked about how faith isn't just uh, speaking that, that you're faithful, but, but faith looks like something. Faith is an action word. And then last week, last week we talked about planted with deep roots, right? And I showed you that picture of that little flower and it had this big extensive root system. Many times God is doing so much under the surface and sometimes it's just, man, above the surface, it's just like a little bit. Like, right, your little relationship, your, your little family, your, your little business. But the reality is, is God is doing so much in us. Because roots represent perseverance, endurance, integrity, character. 
Because that's, man, man, it's one thing to be blessed by God. It's another thing to keep the blessing, right? And that's what the root system does. It allows us to go through storms of life. Uh, it, it allows us to continue to persevere and endure uh, when life gets hard, okay? So that was last week, planted in deep roots. This week is planted and producing fruit. Planted and producing fruit. Come on, let's pray and we'll get into God's word today. Father, I thank you for this moment. God, we don't, God, we don't get this moment back. And so, God, I just thank you for every person that's been planted here this morning and that's planted online. God, I just pray that this would be good soil today. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that we would not leave this room the same today. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to speak to our hearts and our minds today, God. And God, we, we pray one last time for the Broncos, Lord, that they would win a game. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, I almost prayed for the Jags today, okay? A little reverse psychology, okay? <laughs> planted, planted and producing fruit. Um, I, I want to give you the, the, the format today. I want to give you the format today. Um, we're we're going to be talking about producing fruit and what that is. I've been, we've been uh, referencing it over the last three weeks, and I, I want to talk about that. And then I want to talk about two uh, negative mindsets that are either stopping us from producing fruit or stopping us from producing the fruit that God has planned for us. You know, that harvest of 30, 60, 100 fold. Um, and so we're going to talk about producing fruit, and then we're going to talk about these two negative mindsets, and then we're going to talk about producing fruit again. Okay, so it's a fruit sandwich today. All right? <laughs> let's let, let, let's uh, jump into uh, the Word of God today. Let, let, let's see what uh, this producing, let, let's see what the fruit of the Spirit is that we've been talking about. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Do you see that? The Holy Spirit produces. The Holy Spirit produces. The, not sometimes or if you've had a good week. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit produces every time this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay, so these are the fruits of the Spirit that I've been referencing. This is what our lives should look like, right, when we submitted our life to Jesus. Now, in part two, we talked about being planted in faith, and I referenced Jesus. Jesus makes some pretty hard statements. Jesus says this. He says, we should know them, I should know them by their fruit. Jesus is saying, I should know, no, 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 go back, stay, stay there, stay there. Jesus says, hey, I should know you, okay, when you have the Holy Spirit in you, I should know you by these fruits, by these things, okay? And, and Jesus also makes a really hard statement, and he says, if you don't produce fruit, I will cut you down and throw you in the fire, okay? Not my words, not Pastor Andrew's words, Jesus' words, and this is what Jesus is saying by that statement, okay? Jesus is saying, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, okay, if you have Jesus living inside of you, and you have submitted your life to follow Jesus, okay, to follow Jesus, it is impossible not to produce, go back to the other one, go back, go back. It is, it is impossible to not produce some kind of fruit in your life. And 
if your life doesn't look like this, okay, and maybe you've made a commitment to Christ at some point, Jesus would say, if you're not producing these types of fruits, Jesus would say, you probably haven't submitted under the authority of Jesus Christ and committed to follow him with your life. Because Jesus says, this is, it. this is the evidence of you making a commitment to Christ. This is the evidence of receiving the Holy Spirit in your life. And so Jesus would say, if your life isn't producing any of these, then you probably haven't submitted under the lordship of Jesus Christ and chosen to follow him. Right? You're, you're, you're probably following something else. You're probably following yourself. Okay, so Jesus says this. Okay, that our lives, this is the evidence of the Holy Spirit. Our lives should be producing this. And so, I'm going to talk about two negative mindsets today, okay, that I believe that are really holding us back from either producing fruit or, or, or producing that, that, that 30, 60, 100-fold uh, fruit that Jesus says that we can produce um, but before, we've we got to go to Romans first, and then we'll go back to Galatians. Let's look at Romans. This is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul says this in Romans 8, 1 through 3. He says, so there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. We're going to come back to that. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice to our sins. Look at that. So God declared an end to sin's control over us. Okay, we're going to put a pin in that. We're going to come back to that. Let's look at that first sentence here, okay? So now there is no condemnation for those who belong in Christ Jesus. Okay, that word condemnation, it's, it's not a current, we don't, we don't usually use that word in, in, in our current culture. Um, if you were to chop that word in half, you would see that word condemned. Okay, so that's a word that we use more uh, in, in our society. And when I think of the word condemn, I think of an old dilapidated house that nobody can live in, right? There's rats living in it. It's got yellow tape across the door, right? Just an, an old dilapidated house. It's unlivable. And I think about, uh, you know, I think about somebody condemning that, completely destroying that house, like getting a big wrecking ball, right? And just smashing into this house, condemning it, Okay. And so what the Apostle Paul is saying in this sentence, right, he's saying that there is no destruction, okay, and the better Greek word uh, for that that Paul is using is punishment, okay, so there's no punishment for those who belong in Christ Jesus. Jesus' goal for your life is not to destroy your life, okay? Jesus' goal for your life is not to put you under punishment, yet many of us live with this, this type of mindset. We live this life with this punishment mentality that God is out to get us, okay? And, I, and, and the reason why I know this is because I went through this. I lived for about seven years of my life with this punishment mentality. And, and so let, let me just use my life as a reference. I was raised in the church, 
Uh, Daddy's a pastor. Uh, went to Sunday school. I'm a Sunday school kid. Know all the Sunday school stories. Um, when I was about 14 or 15, I decided, you know what? All of this is garbage. Like, like I don't, I don't want to be a, a Christian. You know, God's God's cool, but I don't want to be a Christian. So I started doing drugs at 14 or 15. And then I uh, just started partying, just decided, hey, I just want to play basketball and party and have a good time. And then I went to college, did the same thing, except with even more freedom, so it got worse. And then once college got over, once basketball got over, there was no restraint, right? There was no restraint, and I went headlong into this drug party world, and I hit rock bottom. And, and I came to a place where either I was going to die or I was going to be put in jail. And so I decided, okay, Jesus is, you know, the third option, Jesus is better. You know what I'm saying? And, and so I chose Jesus, and, and, and you know, I, I was living for, for, for God for seven years, and I had, this, I had this punishment mentality. And let me explain by, by this. I felt like because I spent seven years of my life doing whatever I wanted and hurting people, hurting myself, just, just living incredibly selfish, Okay. Because I made so many mistakes for that large portion of my life, I, I felt like God could never fully use me the way that he intended, to create, the way he created me, okay? And so I felt like plan A, B, and C were out the window, that I was like on plan F or G. You know what I'm saying? Like, we were down in the alphabet, and, and, and this was just my, my life. You know, this was my life, and, and I had made mistakes, and I had screwed up. And so this is how I, I lived my, my life, that if I had a good week, okay, if I had a good week, then, then, then God could bless me. And what I mean by a good week, that I read my Bible, that I prayed, that I was nice to my wife, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't, you know, give anybody the bird on the morning to drive to work. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, didn't cuss any coworkers out. Like, if I had a good week, then, then, then God would bless me. But if I had a bad week, right, if I had a bad week, if I was, if it was mean to my wife and, 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 and you, you, know, you know, flipped the bird to everybody five days a week on the way to work, you know, had road rage and just was, had a bad week, then, then God could punish me. Then, then, so if my car broke down, well, well, God was punishing me. I deserved my car to break down because I had a bad week, okay? And then when I got into sales, I, I've been, I was a salesman for many, many years, and so if I had a bad week and, and I didn't get a sale, well, well, God was trying to get my attention. He was he was punishing me because I didn't, I didn't, get, I didn't have a good week. You know, I, I looked at something I shouldn't have looked at. I, I, I was mean to somebody. I wasn't nice. And so I, I had this punishment mentality that, that, that as long as I put good weeks together, God would bless me. But if I put bad weeks together, then I was open for God could punish me to get my attention. Okay? Now listen to this. The way... We think God looks at us, okay? The way we think God sees us directly affects our ability to produce fruit, okay? The way we think God sees us, the way we think that God looks at us on a daily basis directly affects our ability to produce fruit. So at the end of the seven years, I was, I was, I was praying at a worship service, and I was on my face, and, and God began to speak to me. And he said something to me that, that it was a game changer for me. And I know it's going to be a game changer for some of you today. He said this. He said, Andrew, you know when you bring up your past, you, you know, bring up these stories of you doing drugs and, 
and drinking and, and hurting people. Listen, the Holy Spirit said this. He said, I'm hearing those stories for the first time. I, I don't know this person you keep bringing up. You, you, you keep bringing up this alcoholic and this drug addict and this person that was a disaster. The Holy Spirit says, I don't know those stories, so stop bringing them up to me. This is what I see. He says, I see, I see a lover of me. I see a son. I see someone who is filled with the joy of the Lord. I see someone who has self-control. I see an encourager. I see a good husband. I see a good father. I see a pastor. And, and, and listen to me. Listen to me. You, you need to understand. You, you need to understand. And this is moment. This is what I realized. Is that when God looks at us, he doesn't see us first. He sees Jesus. When God is looking at you, he doesn't see you first. He sees Jesus first. And the reason why that's good news is because Jesus filters out all the junk. And when God looks at us, he sees the very best in us. And so that's why Jesus will never give up on us. That's why God's purpose and plan is always plan A. That's why, when, when, and it's hard for us because we've got these, these finite minds, right? And, and we're trapped inside of time. And so when we forgive somebody, we really don't ever forget, right? God's not human. And when we ask for forgiveness of our sins, they are completely washed away. They are completely blotted out of history. And so when God looks at us, He sees us through Jesus, and He sees the very best in us. And that was a game changer for me. That was a game changer for me, knowing that, man, when, when, when I looked, even when I looked at myself anymore in the mirror, I didn't see that screw-up, that mess-up, that drug addict, that, that alcoholic, that person that hurt people. I began to see what God saw in my life. And I know that's going to be a, a game changer for some of you today. Start viewing yourself how God views you. And remember, remember, you're filtered through Jesus. You're filtered through Jesus. I want to I want to help us. I want to help us understand. If you can put Romans uh, chapter 3 back up, or chapter 8, uh, verse 3 up again. So remember I said put a pin in it, okay? Let's, let's take the pin out, all right? And, and, and I want to read this again. And in that body, nope, not that one. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body, like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control. The end of sin's control. Okay. Jude, you ready to help me out, man? You did such a good job last time that uh, he said that he would, he would help me out again. Okay. You got this, dude. 
Okay, so Jude, Jude represents sin's control in our lives, okay? So he's got the controller. Sin has the controllers over our lives, okay? And, and, and here's the thing, here's the thing. Uh, many of us before Jesus, and, and I was in the same category, I thought I had control. I thought I had control. It is my life. I'm a grown man. I'll do whatever I want to do. It's my body. If I hurt myself, I just hurt myself. And I thought that I had control over my life. And that is such a lie from the enemy. See, the devil wants you to believe that you're in control. And the reality is, sin's in control. Sin is in control of your life. Go ahead. Go ahead, sin. And, and, And this is... This is what the Apostle Paul says. When sin is in control of your life, go ahead, drive that baby. That's the goal. The goal is always death. The goal is always to take you off the cliff when sin is in control of your life. Let me get this. I think we need it again. Go ahead and put up uh, Galatians chapter 5. Look at this first, this, this first sentence. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Okay, first sentence. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide you. All right. You can take the mask off. Okay, this is the other, the, the other mindset that I think we need to understand. This is the other mindset that I, that I think we need to understand. And, and when we, we, we give our lives to Christ, right, and, and sin no longer has control over our life, who has control over our life? Me. I do. You do. Okay? You, you now have control. And, 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 and this is, this is the, 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 the other mindset that, that we think that gets us in trouble is that when we give our life to Christ, okay, Jews representing the Holy Spirit now, okay? He's, he's the Holy Spirit. He took the mask off. We think that, that God now has control of our lives, right? Carrie Underwood, Jesus Take the Wheel, right? Nice country song, bad theology, okay? Look, 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 look. We, we, and this is what gets us in trouble. This is what gets us in trouble. We think, okay, I'm a Christian now. God, you got control over my life. And all of a sudden, nothing has changed. And, and, and you're like, why, why do I still have all of these desires? Why, why am I still lusting? Why, why am I still lying? Why am I still struggling with things? I thought I was a Christian. I thought this was supposed to change everything. I thought God was in complete control. Now listen, listen. There are times that I wish 
that, that, that this is how, this was God's plan for our life, is that he would be completely in control, and we would be all rob, robots, right? And we would always make the right decisions, we would always invest in the right things, we'd always take the right job, we'd always date the right people, right? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like I wish that sometimes that, that we were just, once God, we gave our life to Christ, he had control. But the reality is, give it back to me, thank you. The reality is, is that we're in control. We still have to make right decisions. Because the temptation, listen, the temptation hasn't gone away. The, 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 the power that sin has over our life, that's been broken. The control has been broken. We have control now. We have control. And that is powerful that God entrusts us with the power of our lives. Listen, through the Holy Spirit. Okay? So this. This is more like, grab my arms, man. This is more like what the Holy Spirit is like. He's, he's leading and guiding us. Probably should have practiced how to do this thing. He's leading and guiding us. And, and you know, when we come to the edge, right? When, he comes to, when we come to the edge, he says, up, 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 up. Go back. Go back. But you, we're still in control. I mean, we're still in control. It says that the Holy Spirit is here to guide us. Not control us. And, and, and I think we, we, we struggle with that because we give our lives to Christ and we've been on this path and we're like, why am I not growing? Why is my life not changing? It's because you need to change. You have control. The Holy Spirit is to help and guide and, and, and walk through us with life. But you are still in control. You still need to make good decisions. Good job, bro. Need help. So, go ahead and put up that, that next passage. And so, this is what the Apostle Paul says. Okay, there's this war that's inside of us. There's, the, you know, our sinful nature and then our spirit nature are constantly battling each other. They're constantly going at each other. I, I heard an example of two dogs. They're like two dogs. And whatever dog you feed the most is the one that's going to be stronger, and that's the one that's going to win. Our sinful nature, listen, and our spirit nature are at war with each other. But listen, we have control. God has given us control over our own life. Look at what the Apostle Paul says, and you need to look at this language. He says, when you follow the desires, when you follow the desires, we, we look at the life of Jesus, and, and, and when Jesus comes to all of his disciples, he asks them what? He, he says what? He says, follow me. And what did they do? They immediately got up from whatever they were doing, and they followed Jesus. But we also see stories in the Bible where, Jesus, where, where, where people were excited about Jesus. And they said, Jesus, I'll, I'll do anything for you. And Jesus says, okay, follow me now. And this one guy is like, well, you know, my parents, I need to go home and say goodbye to them, you know. And, and for us, it's like, okay, that's, that's a good reason, right? Jesus is like, no, you follow me now. Because when you go back home, it's just an excuse to delay following me. It's just an excuse for you not to submit your life to the Lordship under me. Listen, if you're not following Jesus, you're following something else. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. He's saying if you're not following Jesus, if you're not submitting your life to him, you're following your sinful nature. And that results in this. Sexual immorality, impurity, 
lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And those are some strong words from the Apostle Paul. But, but, but Paul is saying this. And if you're submitted to the Holy Spirit, you won't follow these things. You, you might be tempted and, and you might have a bad week and give in to, to some of these, but you, you're not going to follow them. You're following Jesus. And we need to be reminded that we have control of our own lives and that the Holy Spirit is here leading and guiding us and we have the choice of what we, what we follow. We have the choice. Let's go back to the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Let's read them again. But the Holy Spirit, Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Jesus uses an analogy of a tree, right? Uses the analogy of a seed with roots that's growing, right? That produces fruit. And the reason why Jesus and the Apostle Paul want us to produce fruit is because it always affects other people. A tree doesn't eat its own, its own fruit. Right? A tree isn't producing fruit for its own gain. A tree is producing fruit so other people can enjoy it. And so, practically, practically, let, let me give you something for Monday, okay? What does this look like in our, in our lives, in our daily lives? How do we produce these fruits? Okay? Many times, God is going to give us a situation and a circumstance where it's going to be hard to do these. Okay, so, so the first one, love. What God's going to do is he, he's going to give us an opportunity to love someone that's hard to love. That, that produced, all of a sudden, this person who knows they're hard to love and you're loving them, what are you showing them? You are showing them the love of Christ. Second one, joy. God's going to give you a joyless situation. Amen, glory to God, joyless situation, right, where you're going to need to choose joy. You're going to need to choose joy, and people are going to see, man, they're in a rough spot. They're in a joyless situation, but man, I, every time I look at them, they're smiling like they have the joy of the Lord, and it becomes this attraction to people who don't have the Holy Spirit. Look at peace. Which means you're going to, stress is going to come and worry is going to come. And you're going to have to choose peace in the middle of a storm. And when you choose peace, again, people will see. Man, that, that person is, is happy and, and they lost their job. Like, like that person is joyful and, and, and their boyfriend just dumped them. Like, like man, like what? They have peace in the midst of this difficult situation. Patience. Come on, somebody. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you stopped praying for patience, right? Like, 
I ain't going there no more. You know what I'm saying? He's going to give us an opportunity to produce the fruit of patience. He's going to give us an opportunity to be kind to someone who isn't kind. To be good to someone who is not good. To be faithful. To be gentle. And to have self-control. I love that's the last one, right? To have self-control. You are in control of your life. God has entrusted us with the controls of our life. And the Holy Spirit, listen, guys, do you know that the Holy, the, the, the same Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you and me? That's why Jesus says this isn't too hard. This isn't too hard. Like there is nothing too, like man, I don't know, pastor, if you knew where I worked, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you knew my spouse, like my kids, like, Football team, right? Jesus is saying, listen, this isn't impossible. This, you, you have everything you need living inside of you. You just need to follow. You, you need to follow me. You need to submit your life under the lordship of me. Not yourself, but Jesus. I'm going to I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you a story. And, and I'll be transparent with my own life. Because I know, I know some of you are struggling with this. Some of you think that because I'm a pastor, I don't, I don't struggle with things anymore. And somehow, supernaturally, God has removed every desire from my life. And I just float on a cloud seven days a week. <laughs> and, you know... God has been really kind to me in my life. When I gave my life to Christ, he removed the desire to do drugs for me. I mean, it was supernatural. Um, but the desire uh, to drink alcohol, like, like alcohol is a big deal to me. It, like, I have no self-control over that, okay? And every day, listen to me, every day I drive home for work, I pass like three or four liquor stores, and those liquor stores are talking to me. The, the, you, you know what I'm talking about. Whatever, that's, whatever that struggle is for you, where you, you, you get your phone out or, or your computer out and you hear that voice, right? The liquor stores are, are talking to me. And, and, and listen, Jesus, Jesus was tempted. Jesus never said that the temptation would go away. No, 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 the temptation's there. But we don't have to give in to the temptation. Because we're in control. At any point in my life, I can go drive to a liquor store, get a bunch of liquor, drink it, get wasted. That is my choice. But every single day, I have a stressful day, every single day, I hear that voice and I keep on driving home. Because I know that, that my life is not my own. That, that, that my life affects my wife's life, my kid's life, and ultimately, everybody in this church. And so I choose to resist temptation. And I choose to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit that says, man, you're better than that. I've created you for more than that. This is how I see you. 
And you need to start believing that every day that God has great things in store for your life. Listen, the past is the past. It has been blotted out. It's been erased. God doesn't even remember it anymore. What he sees you, he sees the very best in you. That's how Jesus, that's why Jesus never gives up on us. Because he's always seen the best. He says, all right, come on. Let's keep going. You're better than that. You're not an adulterer. You're not a divorcee. I don't even remember them. You're not, you're not an addict. No, I, don't, I don't even remember them. This is who you are. You're more than a conqueror. I have given you the victory. Come on. We've been called, replanted, and produced fruit. It's not impossible. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Amen. Come on, let's bow our heads as we go into our response time. Every head bowed and every eye closed. As this is our, our moment to respond to the Holy Spirit. And maybe you would say today, I've never said yes to Jesus. And I want the Holy Spirit in me. I want that Holy Spirit guiding my life. I need it. Or, or maybe today you've realized that you've never submitted your life under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That you've never truly said, I'm going to follow Jesus. And you know that because you're not producing fruit in your life. You've been following your, yourself. If that's you, just slip up a hand today. I just want to pray with you. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes, thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. And I would just ask this morning that we'd all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.